0: So, so good to see you this morning. I had uh, been, uh, I retired 18 years ago. <laughs> and uh, my wife was sick and I was having some health problems. And uh, we were building this building. We just about through this building at the time. And, and uh, I just felt like that I could not with the the building, the buildings, and doing the things that need to be done, and my wife's sick, uh, that I could not continue on. And the doctor said retire else, so I retired. Six weeks later, a church in North Raleigh called and wouldn't, wouldn't know if I would help them out. It was bigger church than this one, had a big Christian school, and uh, we went, uh, there for 13 months until they got a pastor. Then I went from one church to another. The only thing, I did not have business meetings. (laughs) I did not have finance meetings or deacons meetings. And I had, uh, up at the church in North Raleigh, I had three full-time assistants working under me. They did the work, I just preached more or less. But it went on and and then uh, I I was preaching three times a week at these churches. And uh, I've been doing that for these 18 years. But uh, it's getting to be, I'm just not getting younger. I can't figure that out. (laughs) I have the desire to keep preaching but uh, Lord been showing me I need to slow down, and my kids too. They, they fuss at me, Daddy, slow down. You don't have to do that, and traveling and all. But uh, I've enjoyed it. I'm gonna preach maybe once or twice a month if the uh, Lord opens some doors. But uh, when somebody's sick or something like that. But I'm glad to be with you this morning. And I was thinking about what to preach and. And uh, after watching the news and seeing the turmoil that's going on around this world, and we look at people in the churches I've been in and they have problems. I mean, you probably don't have any problems, never (laughs) have. Everything's going real smooth. I got all the money you need. You got you know the kids are behaving themselves and all these things everything just just okay. But folks, that's not what life is it. And so the Lord led me to this. But before I do, David's mother called him one Sunday morning and said, Son, get out of bed and get ready for church. And uh He said, I'm not going today. And uh, she said, I'm your mama. And I said, you get out of that bed and get ready for church. He said, give me one good reason why I should get up and go to church. She said, I'll give you three reasons. One, I'm your mama. I said, your feet get up. Secondly, you're 40 years old and y'all know better. And third, you're the pastor of the church. <laughs> All right, well, I, I always like to have a little something to kind of liven up our people. And, but you know, uh, I thank God for my son and the ministry here that he's carried on and done a great job and I appreciate that. I got just two verses of scripture for my text today, and one's in Ecclesiastes chapter one, and the other is Romans eight twenty-eight, and I'm just going to read them to you. Roman, I mean Ecclesiastes one eight, uh, says, "For in much wisdom is much grief, and he that increases knowledge increases sorrow." And then over in the book of Romans. Chapter 8 and verse 28, and it says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. This morning I want to speak on lessons we can learn from the tragedies of life, shall we pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come today and we rejoice in being able to be in your house and Pray, dear Lord, right now that you'll just help us to put aside all the things that we're going to do this afternoon and have to do this week and, and all the burdens and heartaches and just listen for just a few minutes. And Lord, help us to learn lessons from the things that we have to endure. Lord, encourage us and help us in our Christian life. In Christ's name we pray, amen. amen. What do you do when tragedy comes into our lives? You know, whenever something happens in your family, do you point your finger at God and say, why, God, did you do that or allow that? Why did this happen to me? You know, we might say, Lord, if, if you really love me like you say you do, why did this happen? There are lessons that we can learn from the trials of life. And, and you know that we can learn them no other way. Every one of us should use the tragedies of life that we've had to face and see if we can't learn something from them. Because there's other people are experiencing the same thing you did. And God can use you to go along beside that person and encourage and help that person throughout life. Every one of us should use those tragedies that we might bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. No one can comfort someone going through a divorce better than someone who's went through a divorce. No one can comfort you if you've lost a child like someone else has been down that road. No one can comfort and encourage you if you have cancer than someone who's had cancer and lived through that and knows what it is to go through those treatments and the things and the agony and the pain and the suffering. Our whole life is a learning and experience. And I think the Lord wants us to learn from those things that we've experienced. Our whole life is just like that. Sometimes we don't understand why things happen. But you know, God uses them to mold us and to make us into a vessel that He can use. If every one of us would go through what, 50 years of life and not have one thing wrong or one thing bad happen to your life, and all of a sudden, after 50 years, you had one or two things to come into your life, you'd be devastated. You'd say, why, Lord? I'm a Christian. Why does this happen to me? I've been trying to serve you. I've been trying to live for you. But you know, the first lesson that we can learn from the tragedies of life, we can find out about God's unfailing grace. You know, someone has defined grace as the unmerited favor of God. And you know, None of us deserve God's grace. None of us deserve God's mercy. If we all got what we deserve, we'd be in hell today. But God loved us so much that he willingly laid down his life on that cross of Calvary and shed his precious blood for sinners such as we are. The Apostle Paul, whom I believe was the greatest Christian to ever lived. Suffered a thorn in the flesh. Now, I don't know exactly what that was. The Bible doesn't tell us. And probably the reason it did not tell us is because you can put yourself into that situation. You can identify with him when you have cancer, or we have this problem, or your kids turn don't turn out the way you want them to do. And we've all experienced some things like this and But God says, my grace is sufficient for you. And he's saying there that, uh, you know, and my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You know, God didn't say or see fit to move Paul's thorn to flesh. Many think it may be an eye element because in some of the scriptures he talked about that so-and-so wrote things for him as he dictated the scriptures to them. Or or that, uh, you know, it was just hard for him to read. Now, that may be it. I don't know. But, uh, you know, but God says, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. And I don't know what you're going to face this new year. None of us know that. But one thing we can know that God's grace will be sufficient for us. He'll see us through that. He'll understand that. And, and you know, we have a tremendous lesson here in prayer. And, and, and you know, we should say, uh, uh, should study and learn from those things that we face this year. You know, whenever something happens, we say, Lord, why? We'll say, Lord, I've been trying to live a good Christian life. I've been trying to serve you and live for you. But you know, God, what can I learn from this? I remember our youngest daughter, Debbie. She was, 10, 11 years old. One evening out there, uh, my wife was preparing to go make a visit to a home, and and it was in the spring of the year in May, the first of May, and and somebody uh, knocking on my door and calling, Mr. Fry, your daughter's been hit by an automobile. Our subdivision has a split entrance, and uh, she—they would. She had a scooter, and she'd circle around that. I told her never go in that street. Highway 1010—they fly. A lady, student down here at Wake Tech, was going towards Apex. She said she's doing 50 miles an hour. She hit her throughout the yard there. We didn't know where she'd live. I asked why. And I also asked God, what can I learn from this? And he taught me some lessons. And those lessons will stick with me throughout life. And, and, And you know, I think when we we ought to pray and bring our petitions, our requests, and our burdens and our tragedies to the Lord. And Lord, help me to take and use what I learn to help others and encourage others. God does not give his grace ahead of time. He is a day by day as we need that grace to face the situations we had to face. God, ha- God also has an inexhaustible supply of grace. And, and you know, so many times when tragedies come our way. Of course, you may not do this, but I've I sometimes just wanted to throw in, up my hands and say, what's the use? I've been trying to serve the Lord. I've been trying to do this. I've been trying to be faithful. I've been trying to be a good Christian and, 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 and support the church and all, all these things we could think of. Why? Wow. But you know that I remember my heavenly father gave me a promise. Philippians four nineteen, but my God shall supply all you need according to his glory in Christ Jesus. He knows what we need. And he can take and supply that need at the very moment that we need it. You know, if we turn those things over to the Lord, we don't have to worry about it. But I'm like you, now of course you may not be this way, but you worry, I worry about some things sometimes. Why should I worry? My God can do anything. And we are to bring those things to him and trust him and believe in him and walk with him and let him use us. And you know, uh, also Philippians 4, 6, he said, "Be careful of nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let us bring our requests to the Lord. And when we're facing those times, and all of us, we go around this room, especially the adults, could say, I've been there. I know what you're talking about, preacher. And, and you know, uh, I heard a pastor a few years ago. He was telling us, in fact, it probably at least 20 years ago, and he, his boy, the young son, had been sick for several years. And he told me God's supplying the needs and answering prayer. He said, my son has had over $2 million in hospital and doctor bills. And you know what he said? God paid it all every last one of them. That had to be a God thing, folks. That wasn't something that just happened. But God intervened, and God helped that preacher he had to carry on his ministry, and he had a good ministry for the Lord. And, and, and you know, uh, like I said, sometimes we want to just throw up our hands and say, what's the use of serving the Lord? But... Not only does God have unfailing grace and inexhaustible supply of grace, but we see God has an unquestionable purpose. God has a purpose in everything he allows us to endure. Isaiah 55.8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways my ways, says the Lord. You know, I thought everybody, whenever I got grown, I thought everybody was just like me. And I met my wife. And we got married. And you know something? She didn't do things the same way I did. She thought different. She acted different. She was different. She had a different upbringing than I did. But you know something? We prayed and gave our life to the Lord and and about a year after we got married, God called me to preach and I, she married a salesman and ended up with a preacher. (laughs) Bless her heart. God gave me a good wife. I tell you, it had to be God. And, you know, we don't always think the same way God thinks. We ought to get on his wavelength. We ought to start living for him and asking him to direct us and help us. You know, in the book of Job, we see that Job asks why 16 times. Lord, why did my kids die? Why did I lose all my wealth? Why did this happen? Now, Jesus, as he hung on the cross, asked that same question. There's a poem a preacher wrote, and I want to share it with you. I sat beside a tiny crib and watched the baby die. His parents slowly turned to me to ask, Oh, Pastor, why?
1: I held the youthful
0: husband's head for, and felt death's high heave and sigh. And widow looked through her tears and said, Dear Pastor, tell me why. I have seen the gold star mother weep and hold a picture nigh her lonely breast and softly ask, Why, Pastor? Why, oh, why? I walk away from baby land, or stillborn babies alive. Mother stretches empty arms and asks me, Pastor, why? I watch my drunken father leave her home and say goodbye. While looking into my mother's face, I ask, Please tell me why. I've heard a white-tipped king Tapping cane, which leads a blinded eye, and then a dark and lonely voice cries, "Preacher, show me why." I will call a fiance's burning tears, and heard her lonely cry. She held an unused wedding gown and said, "Pastor, why? I've helped the cancer patient. I've heard a cancer patient say, 'Just game for me to die.'" And look into his daughter's face and mutely whisper, why? I seen a father take his life, a widow stands nearby. His little children say, dear mom, the preacher will tell us why. I seen my mother stand beside two tiny graves and cry. And though she never let me know, I knew she wondered why. I heard an orphan faintly say, who gazed into the sky, to mom and dad, though mom and dad are gone, the preacher will know why. I tiptoed to my father's throne, to, so timid and so shy, to say, dear God, some of your own are wanting to know why. I heard him say tenderly, their eyes are gladly dry, though they must look through faith today, tomorrow they'll know why. I know that, they find the reason, their hopes, and have gone awry. To heaven they will miss the joy of hearing me tell why. So I found it pleases him when I can testify. I'll trust my God to do what's best and wait to find out why. We've all faced those times, and we are all going to face those times in our life because that's part of life. We were born decaying. I got aches and pains I didn't even know that places uh, I had, and uh, you know uh, now my kids tell me don't you climb a ladder anymore. <laughs> I'm only eighty-one. What's wrong with them? I was getting up on top of the house and blowing the uh, pine straw, cleaning out the gutters. And I said, all right, you just come over and do it for me. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, 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 but you know i uh, thinking about God's purpose, and allowing tragedies. There, I believe there are three reasons for this. The first one is to conform to his image. God wants us to be just like him. Romans 8 and verse 28 and 29, we know that all things work together for good to them that love, the, uh, that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. To whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. These testings, these trials, these tragedies uh, are hard for us to understand when we're going through them. But God's still alive, folks, and He's well. And He suffered your sin and my sin, and He understands what we're going through. And, and He loves us and He cares for us and, and he wants to conform us to his image. And and they, they're hard for us to understand what's going through it. But it's when we ask God, Lord, what can I learn? And then take what I learn and help others. Before, I mentioned my daughter a while ago, my youngest daughter. And when I, uh, I, I was asking the Lord why during that time. But you know, I used to, before that time, I'd go to the hospital and your uh, some of the children and uh, that were children then, uh, uh the older folks uh, were there in the hospital. And, and I said I understand, but I found out I didn't understand till I've been through that experience. And God knows what we need. He's molding us and making us and trying to form a, make a vessel that's fit for the master's use. And I have a lot of rough edges, I still do. But God uses those saints to speak to our hearts. You know, it's hard to see what we are facing or when we're facing a tragedy, how it can be for our own good. Let me illustrate. I'm an old country boy, I was raised on a farm. And uh, have you ever tasted plain flour? It doesn't taste too good. My mama used lard to cook her biscuits with. Now these biscuits you make today is not like mama's. My mom's biscuits. And, and you know, what about baking powder? you ever tasted that? <laughs> and buttermilk, I can't stand it. Some people drink it, my daddy loved it, but I can't stand it. But you know, when you mix all that together, and you take, and my mama, she didn't have a biscuit cutter. I mean, we didn't have electricity, we didn't have running water whenever the house I was born in. Uh, but mom would form those biscuits in her hands. And every one of them looked exactly the same size, and they were those old cat-head biscuits, big biscuits. And she would put them in that stove, and when she brought those things out, they smelled good, and, brother, did they taste good? And you'd put your little meat or something or some jelly or something like that in there, man, you had a, a feast fit for king. My kids used to love to go to grandma's house. And I remember Becky said one time, uh, mama was fixing to throw some uh, biscuits out. Uh, they'd eaten and they you know. Like, Becky said, don't do that. She said, I'd rather have a biscuit than a piece of cake. Grandma's biscuits. But then she asked her, say, grandma, your biscuits used to be great big and now they're small. She said, Honey, I got arthritis, and I can't open my hand enough to get those big biscuits like I used to make. I still miss those biscuits. And you know, sometimes we don't like the situation we're going through. But after we went through it, and we look back, and we say, It was for our good and for God's glory. And, and, you know, that's the way trials lie. We take them separately. You know, it does, it's not good. But when you take it and mix it up and all through it, and I look back in my life and some of the things that I've uh, endured and the things I've seen, God used those things to mold me and make me to the person he wanted me to be. Uh, thinking about the purpose of the trials of our lives, not only are we conformed to his image, but we are to confound the unbelieving world. First Corinthians one twenty-seven: but God had chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. He had chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. You know, Christian people react differently than lost people when they go through the tragedies. You know, I've seen that. I've been to those hospitals. I've been to the deathbeds. I've seen those things that, that they're going through. And there's a lot of difference. And then, thinking about God allowing tragedies to come to our face. not in the to his image and confound the unbelieving world. Because people can't understand how we as Christians can face things that we do. It's confirm our faith. You know, it's times of trials, tragedies, that I know that I'm not alone when those times come. I remember when Debbie was hit and they took her to Rex Hospital. The doctor came out, said she's bleeding on the brain. Broke her collarbone, some other things. But God gave me peace. One of the nurses came out and she said the lady, Mr. Fry, she found out I was a pastor. She said, Mr. Fry, the lady that was driving the car that hit her, she's having a hard time. Would you come and speak to her? She just hit my dog. But you know, I was able to put my arm around that young lady. She was probably 18, 19, 20 years old. And I told her I did not hold anything against her, that I loved her and God loved her. And you know, it wasn't her fault. It was all in God's plan. I learned some lessons. And you know, we, that's what God put us here for, that we might teach others. And you know, I find comfort in Isaiah 43, uh, 2 and 3. He says, when these tragedies come, when thou passest through the waters, I'll be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, he shall the flame kindled against thee, for I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. God is still on the throne, folks. And God knows what you're going through, and we don't understand it sometimes, and and, and we wonder about those things, and think about the lesson we can learn. God uh, can give us unquestionable, unexplainable East during times like this. You know, when my wife passed away, I lost part of me because we were one in Christ. But you know something? I had cried before. After she passed away that night. You know, I, I didn't weep because I knew she's in a better place. She wouldn't suffer anymore. She had already expressed her desire to go to heaven to be with the Lord. And, and Paul's pointing out specifically to the peace which God gives. Peace that passes all understanding. And even in the tragedies, we can have peace about us and we can take and, and, and be there and and, and comfort those that, that need comfort and help those that peace. And, and you know, This is a peace the world can't give you. This is a peace that only God can give you. And you know him as your Lord and your Savior. Uh, You know you can have peace in the times of trials and tragedies. Thinking about the lessons we can learn when tragedies lie. We can expect an unpredictable result. God can use some things I know that when Charlotte's funeral, we prayed that God would save someone, and he did. Something good came out And you know, what you and I need to remember is that God loves us in spite of those things and the tragedies and all. Uh, I like that, well, it's a kid's song, but we as adults always sing a little too. Jesus loves me. That's the Bible tells me so. You know, little ones to him belong. They are weak, and I am strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. And when we're going through those times, we can realize that he does love us, and he cares for us. And he'll see us through. To the application now. Tragedies do come; they come to one and to all. But God's grace is unfailing. His grace is always sufficient. He'll see us through to the end. God has an inexhaustible supply. I don't know what your need is this morning, but God knows, and he can meet those needs. God has an unquestionable purpose. I'm, I'm stubborn, I'm bullheaded. Sometimes God just has to pound it in me, you know. Listen, I'm trying to speak to you. I'm trying to get through to you. He wants us to... Us to he has an unquestionable purpose. To conform us to his image. To confound the unbelieving world confirm our faith. God gives unexplainable peace. He gives that peace that passes all understanding. And then just expect that unexplainable results. God can take that and use that. When I went to Tennessee Temple University for seminary training Dr. Lee Robertson was a pastor of the Highland Park Baptist Church, and Tennessee Temple Schools. The year of 1946, that's where most of you were born. But he, pastored a church, but he was a, somewhat of an evangelist, and he was in Alabama preaching. His wife called him, and their little baby, Joy, was just a few weeks old. Died. As he drove back into Chattanooga, Tennessee, God began to speak to him about starting a camp for kids. With $1,000, he made a down payment on a piece of property. That's all the money he had. He's going to call it Camp Joy. Over the years since then, thousands and thousands of boys and girls went to Camp Joy free every year. They raised some money. So it was a burden, no burden on any family. Nobody had an excuse for not going to camp, sending their kids to camp. Today, there's preachers, missionaries, and Christian workers all around the world today because of one tragedy. What is your tragedy? What have you learned from those tragedies? Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, you know the needs of the people here. My friends, Jesus Christ loves you. He loved you so much that he went to that cruel cross and gave his life as a sacrifice for you and for me. He loved us. He died for us. And he's gone to heaven to prepare a place for us. And if we take and come to him and ask him He'll forgive us of our sins. He'll save us. But we have to acknowledge Him that, God, I know I'm a sinner and I know that I've sinned and i come short of the glory of God and I don't deserve heaven. But, oh, God, I need Him. Dear Lord, speak to each heart. If there's some here this morning does not know you as a Savior, I pray... As we have this song, that you'll speak to each heart and help them to realize their need of the Savior. We'll have someone if they'll come forward without someone. Maybe God's speaking to you about putting your membership here and serving the Lord here. I bid you to do that. You say, preacher, I've been saved, but I haven't been baptized. Maybe you need to come. We'll be glad to talk with you in that regard. Dear Lord, speak to each heart. Some are going through some rough times now. You know their needs. We commit them to you. Dear Lord, I pray we'll let you work in our hearts and lives. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. to our feet this morning.